as we reflect on that, as we, as we consider the great sacrifice that he has made, and as in just a few moments we're going to take the Lord's Supper as a part of that, I hope tonight that we will allow our hearts to be focused and in tune with what Christ has done for us. So we get started, let's pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then we're going to just jump into God's Word just for a few moments this evening. Uh, see what he has for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your work. Thank you, God, for the truths that we find in it. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that you give us to open it tonight. And as we think about your death and your sacrifice on the cross, as we think about the wonderful hope that we have, I pray tonight that we would just be brought to this place at the foot of the cross where we would see you there sacrificed for us. And God, that it would be so vivid, it would be so real. God, I know that so many times we hear these things over and over again. It's easy for us to, to, to just simply lose the reality of what you did for, for me. And God, I pray tonight that you'd help me and each one of us, God, to, uh, Lord, just examine ourselves and, and to become thoroughly clean and pure before you. Thank you, God, for this opportunity you give us. I ask, Lord, now that you would move in our midst and our hearts in a unique and special way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, this Sunday we'll reflect on that hope that Jesus Christ conquered the grave. He conquered death. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verses 55 through 57 says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have this incredible hope. And what a promise that is. What, what a wonderful thing that we have to hold on to, that we have to, to, to look at, to grasp. It's a wonderful promise. But maybe tonight you're here, and maybe, maybe somebody that's watching online tonight joining us that way, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, then your hope is in what you can do to get to heaven. And Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 tells us that it's by grace that we are saved through faith and not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And if Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of God's glory, the glory of God. You can't get to heaven on your own. There's, there's no way. And, and Paul here in 1 Corinthians Chapter number 11 that we're going to be in tonight, it gives us a beautiful reminder of exactly that sacrifice that Jesus made to pay for your sins and for my sins. And so as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, look with me if you would at verse number 23. The Apostle Paul reflecting back on that night when Jesus Christ gathered His disciples together that night before He would be taken and betrayed, before He would be taken and, and beaten, before He'd be taken and, and put on that cross, that, that night as He gathered those disciples in the upper room, now He has washed their feet. And, and Jesus, as they're, as they're eating their food and just kind of enjoying this time together, this last supper time, Jesus then takes the body or takes that bread and He gives this incredible semblance for us of what He was about to do that very next day. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 23, Paul writes, For I have received of the Lord that which I also, which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he took bread, which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, 
This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. You know, we've heard these verses so many times. We've reflected on this so many times that sometimes we miss what's actually taking place. What Paul is referring back to. What he's giving us a picture of. And here, he's referring back to Jesus Himself speaking. Jesus there before His disciples. Jesus on that night taking that bread. Knowing full well well what was about to come in the next day. And as He did, He held up that bread in the sight of those disciples. And he broke it. And he spoke those words of verse number 24. Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Now he did not say that the bread literally became his body. That was impossible because his physical body was standing there in front of him. Those that believe in transubstantiation have a problem here. Because if Jesus really made that bread become his body, he'd been better off just saying, hey, just nibble on my finger. He did not do that, okay? Jesus said, this bread I am doing, I am symbolizing. And he said, as you do this in the days ahead, as he says, you're doing this as a remembrance of me in the sacrifice that I am about to make. That sacrifice that he would make on the cross, his broken body. By the time that Jesus would reach Calvary, his body would have already been torn. The cat of nine tails that would have been whipped across his back and as it would tear the flesh and as his bones and his, his, his muscles would have been exposed, uh, the crown of thorns had already been pounded deeply into his head, the splinters from that rough cross as it was laid on his torn back were now embedded into his flesh. Jesus, as he reached the top of that hill, his body was already broken. His body was already torn, but one final time his body would be broken as he laid down his hands, as he laid down his feet, and as they took those nails and pierced them through his hands and through his feet. And on that night in that upper room, surrounded by his disciples, they didn't know it just yet, but he was telling them, don't forget the sacrifice I am going to make for you. Tonight, as we reflect back on the suffering of Christ, don't miss the sacrifice that He made for you. As we look there at verse number 24, you could insert your name there. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for Kyle. Which is broken for Todd, which is broken for Rick, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of Me, it was his love that held him to that cross. He knew there was nothing that you or I could do to save ourselves. Our punishment was death and Jesus was broken. And he died in your place. Tonight, see the broken body, Jesus. But not only the broken body, but then his shed blood. Verse number 25 tells us after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. As Jesus hung on that cross the drops of blood flowed down from his wounds. The psalmist told us about those open wounds wounds in in, in Psalm 22, verse 17. He says, I may tell all my bones, they look and they stare upon me. 
There are songs and some that have written and have said that Jesus spilt His blood. And while I understand what they're trying to say, Jesus didn't spill any blood. He shed it willingly for us. There was no wasted drops. They were all given by Jesus. His blood was precious. His blood is precious. And it's because of His blood that we are saved. If it wasn't for the shedding of blood as we just heard in the video, we would have no hope. In Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 11 says, But Christ being, uh, being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? He goes on in verse number 22 and says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. You see in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 4, the Bible tells us, For it is not possible that the blood of bull and goats should take away sins. We know in the Old Testament that the Old Testament priest every year he would take that high priest would take those sacrifices that would be brought to him and he would kill that sacrifice, kill that lamb, shed the blood of that lamb. Why? And he would offer it. Why? To cover their sins. But every year, the next year would come around what would they have to do? They'd have to take another lamb and they'd have to sacrifice it again. Why? Because it's not possible for the blood of goats or the blood of of an ox or the blood of some animal to take away sin. It was only possible to use that to cover sin. Just like back in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Listen, what did God have to do? He had to take an animal. He had to kill it. And what did He do? He covered them with the animal's coats. In the same way in the Old Testament, that was what took place over and over and over and over and over again for hundreds and for thousands of years. This would take place as the high priest would kill these animals, would shed that blood so that he could cover the sins of those Israelites. Oh, but one day in in John chapter number 1, John the Baptist was standing there and he pointed out as the crowd gathered around him and he looked and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, not that covers the sins of the world, but that taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus doesn't just cover sins like some animal. He takes them away. In Hebrews chapter number 9, the Bible tells us, And it is appointed to men once to die, and after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look to Him shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Praise God, we can stand before the Father one day, pure, holy, without sin. Why? Because Jesus Christ shed His blood on the cross for you and for me. And on that night, He took that cup and He said, This cup that you're going to drink, you're drinking it in remembrance of what I'm about to do for you on that cross. Tonight, as we observe the Lord's table, this is not for our salvation it's, it's, this is an opportunity to sit down like those disciples 
and to reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus' broken body and the payment for your sins and my sins made by His precious blood that He shed for us. Verse number 26, He then gives us a reminder to look ahead. Oh listen, this is maybe some of my favorite parts as we look at these Verses, verse number 26 says, For as oft as ye eat this bread and do drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. As we take this time and as we take of the Lord's table, may we be reminded that, listen, friend, he's not gone forever. You see, it's not only a reminder of what he did, it's a reminder of what he's going to do. Jesus is coming back. Before he ascended into heaven, after his resurrection, he made that promise to them. He said, listen, in like manners as he goes, he's, he's coming back. I will come again, he told them, and receive you unto myself. What a wonderful promise. But then he gives a warning. And this is important for everybody that's here tonight, those that are joining online Verse number 27 says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. God gives us a warning here. He, he, he says, listen, the taking of the bread in the cup is to be done by those, first of all, who have accepted Christ as their Savior. And secondly, those that have accepted Christ as their Savior and are right with Him. This isn't something to be approached flippantly. It's not something that we do just because of routine. No, no, no. This is an opportunity to have a clean, pure, uh, holy relationship with God that He desires for us to have. Tonight... Before we distribute the bread and the juice, we will have a time of quiet, an opportunity for those that may be, if you haven't accepted Christ, and I know that the people in this room, everyone has made a testimony of salvation, but maybe you're here this evening and you'd say, you know what, I, I, I've been playing a game for a long time. Maybe you're watching online and you've been playing a game for a long time and you say, you know what, I never actually have accepted Christ as my Savior. Listen, you can fool me, you can fool your spouse, you can fool your kids, but you cannot fool God. The Bible tells us many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, when I prophesied in thy name, done many marvelous works, cast out devils. What's he saying? Have served. But then will I profess unto them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Because it's not about if I raise my hand and say, oh, yeah, 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 I've done that. It's if God's going to point to you and say, I know you. Because you can't fool God. Tonight, maybe you're in this room, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. It's an opportunity to stop and to say, God, I know that I am a sinner. And I can't get there on my own. And I'm trusting in your payment for me. For others that have accepted Christ, it's an opportunity to get clean before Him. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Kyle, you know, it's not a long list of things, but Kyle, there's, there's a couple things. There's one thing. There's this thing that the Holy Spirit's pointing in my heart, and I know it's not right. If you know something isn't right and you don't get it right, I would encourage you to abstain from taking the Lord's table. I can remember one time in particular in my life where I knew something wasn't right and my heart wasn't where it should have been. And I made the decision on that night not to take it because I refused to get it right. The Bible's very clear here. Don't don't take of the Lord's table flippantly. Let a man observe. Let a man examine himself. Tonight, this is a wonderful time to get things right with the Lord. Oh, what a wonderful thing as we approach Sunday and we come to that day where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ to get to that day with a clear, pure conscience before God. To be able to come to Him and say, God, I rejoice in your resurrection. And I know that there is nothing between my heart and you. Tonight, I hope you'll take that time to get that pure, sweet relationship with God.